everybody, and welcome back into Talk Off. It is Tuesday, May 16th, and we are here with a little bit of a different episode for everybody. Chris is out. He's currently moving into an apartment, and he has nowhere to podcast. So Chris is out. We got the NBA insider. Jack is here. We're going to talk some NBA on today's podcast. Going to take a little time off from MLB. I know we missed last week, too, but we'll get back on it. Chris will be ready for Friday's episode, so we'll be back with MLB action on Friday. But we're here with Jack. Jake is also here. Maybe we'll hear from him later if he has some takes. And we're here to talk about the NBA. We got the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference Finals. Jack, let me hear it, babe. How do we feel about the freaking Celtics? Um, I'm basically on top of the world right now. I, I, I mean, I can see why. This series probably took about a solid 15 to 20 years off of my life. But Game 6 and Game 7, I mean 7 especially. Tatum 51 points, most points ever in a Game 7. He's now the, last, the last five quarters of that series. Yeah, the last five quarters, Tatum scored 63 or something like about 67 points or something like that. He was going off it was so nice to see because he's been off to a slow start in this series especially um it's just really great i mean the whole team was playing great tatum and jalen brown combined for 76 points the other night and freaking harden and Embiid combined for about 25 so it was really nice to see them giving a good old smacking and uh, i can't even say anything else like i'm just so excited the heat we got the heat up next it's gonna be a good matchup jimmy butler's been a dog this entire playoffs, but you know, the Celtics have what it takes to, you know, to make it to the finals and beat the heat. So we're just on to the next one. We're excited. It's, it's very exciting for Celtics fans. If everybody, everybody out there does not know, I, I have officially announced my fandom of the Boston Celtics. Keep it easier. Keep it in the Boston family. I am Boston Celtics fan. I probably will not watch any regular season games, but come (laughs) playoff time. I'm fucking die hard. I bleed green. I bleed it. It's in my blood. So, yeah, I'm rooting for the Celtics. They had me fucking scared, though. I'm not going to lie. They had me really scared. Oh, yeah. I mean, last year we lost to the Bucs in game five. The Bucs were up three to two on us. And then we came back one game six away and then once game seven again at home. And I had a feeling that might happen again this year. But – the way we had been playing going into game six had me scared. We were giving up way too many easy buckets. I mean, it did not look like the Boston Celtics team that we all know and love. But there's a saying around Celtics fans, you have to love and trust this, the team. And that's exactly what I did going into game six and seven. You know, Jalen Brown put the team on his back in the first half of game six. Tatum came up clutch in the fourth quarter and outscoring the entire 76ers team. And then Tatum, obviously, in Game 7 was just so dominant. No one was getting in his way. It was it, it was incredible. The Game 7 performance was was incredible. The guy, he, he could not miss. The, the step-back three that he hit before half, I almost shit. It, like that, <laughs> that was like Steph Curry-esque with the fucking step-back fadeaway, and then he was chirping some 76ers fan on the sideline. I was – it was beautiful. That performance was incredible. But game six, dude, game six, I, I, my cheeks were clenched, 
and I was very scared because they played like shit pretty much, in my opinion, until the fourth quarter, especially Tatum playing like shit. And, you know, their team, as much as it doesn't revolve around Tatum, it kind of does. Like, they need Tatum to play well, and he's got to have that dog in him and go out there and fucking take – we've talked about this. Me and you talk about this all the time. I feel like Tatum just – sometimes just needs to go out and take over games and he just doesn't. And I was, I was actually, I I was looking, I was scrolling the internet today and it was like, I think it was Colin Coward was talking about Tatum and he was saying like Tatum has like, doesn't have that MJ or Kobe mentality to just go out there and just fucking get after it. But he's still one of the most talented players in the league. There's no question, but like just the mentality to go out there and take over games just isn't there. When Jalen Brown is a guy who like has the mentality to go out there and take over games, but he's just a number two, so it's it's harder for him to do it. It's just like they have a weird scenario there in Boston, but it's been working for them. They've gone deep in the playoffs. They've made it to the finals. They just haven't won it, and this could be the year. It very well could be. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have now made the Eastern Conference Finals. This is the fourth time they've made it in their six years together. Which yeah, is just like I, a crazy stat. Yeah, and I saw that like that that was their seventh. That was Jalen Brown's seventh game seven. Yep. Like, and it, that's incredible that he's played seven game sevens already, and he's like twenty six years old or something like that. Like, that's yeah. absolutely incredible. When these guys are real, like you kind of look at them already like seasoned vets, but when they're actually like really seasoned vets, they're gonna have so much playoff experience already that. It's going to be incredible, and uh, Jalen Brown's going to get the supermax this offseason from someone. I I hope it's the Celtics, but yeah. he's going to get it now because he won. He got on the All NBA team. It's yeah. going to that's going to be interesting. But we're focused on the finals. We're not focused on the offseason. Absolutely. I mean, another crazy thing is Tatum's already fourth in Celtics history for playoff points. I mean, he's only been in the league five six years. I don't even know if it is six yet. I think it's just five. No, it is six. It is six. This is six. This is six. This is six. Yeah, this is six. So he's fourth all time in Celtics playoff points. And there's been some insane Celtics legends that have come and won many championships. So that already just proves how many games he's played, how much experience he already has in his young career in the playoffs. And I think that's what helps him and Jalen Brown so much is like they're always ready to go to battle. Like game sevens do not scare them. Like you said, Jalen Brown's already been in seven game sevens. Those games do not scare them. They they get up to the challenge. I think something that was uh, I was thinking about all yesterday is Tatum heard everyone talking down on him. He heard everyone being like, he's not the guy. He's not. He, maybe he's not their number one. Maybe Jalen Brown's their number one option. He said, nope, okay, heard you guys. Let me prove to you that I'm the number one option here. I'm the best player on this team. And humbly, one of the best players in the league. And he came out and he shut up every one of his doubters, including producer Jake. Sorry, producer Jake, but <laughs> producer Jake texted me. He was like, not going to lie. Tatum was playing super soft last night. And I literally scrolled up to that text and I responded to it yesterday after his 51 point performance. And I said, do you want to take this back? And he kindly <laughs> did. He said, yes, he shut me up. And I think Tatum shut up a lot of fans that were hating on him. Yeah, I Tatum, think he definitely Tatum did. Tatum is him. <laughs> he, he, he is him. 
But I, I think I think everybody talking about him was was kind of warranted though. He had been playing like shit in that series. In the in a series against the 76ers, like a team that you've historically owned in recent history, you have owned the Sixers. The Celtics have owned the Sixers through the regular season and in the playoffs. And this was a series that I feel like a lot of Celtics fans like felt comfortable with. They're like, I have no problem playing the Sixers. We always play the Sixers and we always kick the shit out of the Sixers. So <laughs> Having Tatum struggle was like kind of like a shell shock. Like, holy shit, we're kind of vulnerable. But yeah. having him just go off in in the last quarter of the the fourth quarter of this game of Game Six and Game Seven, hopefully that gives him the momentum he needs against a Heat team that's coming in hotter than anyone because they're the team that made it from the play in. Jimmy Butler is a guy who, in the regular season, just kind of hangs around, and then in the playoffs, he just fucking turns it on, and it's incredible. This Heat team is turning it on at the right time. You may say that they had an easy ride playing the Knicks, but don't forget they played the Milwaukee Bucks from the first round. That that was a lot of people's look at the Eastern Conference Finals. They were looking at Milwaukee and Boston. So this Heat team is no team to just think that the Celtics are going to run over. Jimmy Butler is going to play well. Bam's going to play well. I don't think Tyler Hero is coming back. I, I, I honestly don't know. But yeah, this is it this might is be no uh, late easy ride. This is no easy ride for the Celtics, especially with yeah. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I think something that is a little bit different about the Heat series compared to the 76ers series is that we do match up to the Heat way better. I mean, the Heat do not have a Joel Embiid who can back down anyone who's seven feet tall, three hundred pounds, and can just bully ball his way. Uh, I mean, Bam's great. Don't get me wrong. Bam's a really solid center for them, and he's he's proven to be really good. But I think Al Horford and Robert Williams can keep up better with Bam than they were able to with the MVP Joel. And then I also think that we have the best. We have some of the best defenders in the league. I mean, between Derek White, Marcus Smart, even Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they're all solid defenders. So if any four, one of those four gets switched onto Jimmy Butler, I'm confident that they can guard him and know get a good stop if needed yeah i definitely agree i think they match up really well with the heat because even the celtics i wouldn't say play small ball but they play smaller ball than the sixers do with joel Embiid. you could tell in that series that it was if the sixers needed the ball to go through someone they needed to go through Embiid, and he could either dish out from a double team or even a triple team or he would just score on Al Horford or Robert Williams or get fouled. So like they're not going to have that problem because I, I really think having a defender like Robert Williams on the team is really important in this series because Bam could end up cooking an old guy like Al Horford because we've seen Bam, Bam's, Bam can go off, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think Robert, really, Robert Williams really matches up well with Bam. The guy's an incredible defender and such a good shot blocker that I think he's and such a big fucking dude that I think he's he's a guy who could easily stop Bam and I don't know I think the Celtics I I do have a future on them so obviously I'm still gonna root for them I I think I think they can take the Heat in like five or six honestly if Tatum is playing well then I I really think this team is unstoppable against anyone and. Everyone knows that a Celtics Lakers final is what the NBA wants. Yeah, so I, I saw something the other day, and it was like the NBA script got released. It's Celtics versus Lakers in the finals, battle to eighteen because the Celtics and Lakers both have seventeen championships. Yeah, so, and it's just a, such a historic rivalry dating back for 
well beyond our years. So that would be insane. I mean, LeBron and Tatum, those are two of the best players in the league. I mean, it would just be a great matchup. But back to what you were saying about Bam, I think one key difference between Bam and Joel is that Bam is not really going to shoot threes. He can shoot the mid-range, but Joel, you have to respect his three-point jump shot because he can make them consistently. This, I think, gives Robert Williams a little more free range to guard the paint a little bit more. And then that's where he's at his best because he's such a good decision maker on when he needs to step over. And he's come up with some key blocks for the Celtics all year long. Absolutely. Like, I I really think that this is like the Celtics. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I understand why the Heat are the eight seed, like why they were the eight seed coming in. You can yeah. see you can see the flaws in the Heat team. You can pick their team apart, but there's just something about when Jimmy Butler turns it on in the playoffs that they just don't want to lose. They just, they refuse to go away. And you kind of bring it back to that to a couple of years ago in the bubble, Miami against Boston needs Eastern conference finals. And Jimmy Butler and Tyler hero, Bam Adebayo kind of took over that series and they ended up going to the finals to later play the Lakers, which, which is another thing that could happen again this year. We have all four of the same teams from the bubble in the Eastern West Western conference finals this year. I hate the stupid posts that are like, Oh yeah. Everybody made fun of the bubble in the four, same four te-. Nobody said the teams weren't fucking good. We just said that it doesn't count because they didn't play a full season. Nobody said that those teams weren't good. Yeah. that I see that. I've seen that so many times. And like, yeah, obviously the four teams that were in the conference finals in the bubble, obviously they were good. But the bubble was so different. The bubble was a different atmosphere. You had no fans. Like playing in the TD Garden is intimidating. Playing in front of no fans is not intimidating at all. They played in front of screens. Exactly. And like I've seen a bunch of stats. Like the shooting percentage in the bubble was so much higher because the depth perception between the back of that bubble arena compared to the back of an actual arena is way different. So players were able to focus more on the rim and it wasn't getting as distracting. Like obviously these players know how to shoot even in like the biggest gyms in the world, but still like that little thing can make or break a series. Cause some players can just, you know, have that little leg up on the shooting aspect and then they can go off. Like Tyler hero was in the bubble. A hundred percent. It's something people don't think about a lot when when they talk about the bubble is that it, it was just like a lot easier to score. It's a lot easier to score when you don't have fucking twenty five thirty thousand fans screaming at you or whatever. And apparent according to LeBron being super racist, I keeps getting I keep getting TikToks on my fucking page just LeBron calling Boston fans racist. I'm like, you know, LeBron, what, what do you want? What do you want from me? Don't don't generalize. Because of a few people, all right? Yeah. I also hate LeBron, so. I hope the Lakers get swept in four games. I, I am, the, as much as I'm a Boston fan, I might be the biggest Nuggets fan for the next next week because I want nothing more than to LeBron to lose in embarrassing fashion. I want him to go out there and put up shit numbers and do nothing and have Jokic take a shit all over Los Angeles because I can't stand LeBron. I hate him so much. I hate him. Yeah, uh, I'm not a big LeBron fan either, but I'd almost rather the Lakers beat the Nuggets and then 
have to play what I hope to be the Celtics in the playoffs, just so that historic rivalry is there. And then the Celtics can make LeBron looking like an idiot in the finals and, you know, kind of tarnish his final record again. Okay. Um, I can take that. I can take that. Yeah. And then you talked about the Boston fans. I think it's hilarious. I don't know if you saw it, but Jalen Brown after game six literally called out the Boston Celtics fans. He said, the garden has been okay at best this playoffs. We need you guys to come bring the energy because we need all the energy we can get in game seven. And let me tell you, the Boston Celtics fans brought it. They heard them loud and clear, and they made the TD Garden rock all night long. You could see it in the players' faces. They were I've never seen Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum so expressive during a game. Like, yeah, it helps that they were playing really well. But at the same time, I've never seen Tatum yell to the crowd as much as he did in Game 7. And I've seen Jalen Brown was yelling. Even when Tatum would score, Jalen Brown would get hyped up. Oh, I just yeah. think... That's what the TD Garden needs to be every single game of the playoffs from here on out because that is honestly such a difference maker. It probably had the 76ers shook when they went into the TD Garden and they had to hear all of those fans screaming and booing and cheering on the best team in the league. Absolutely. I mean, Jalen Brown was right to call out the fans, but I I, I mean, when you look at the fans' perspective, I, I the fans are kind of right. They didn't have a lot to cheer for. I mean, like get the end of game six, they had to they they could cheer for Jason Tatum in the fourth quarter. But before that, even the games that the that the Boston Celtics were winning, like they won, okay, whatever. But the games they were winning and the games they were losing, I feel like the Celtics fans never felt comfortable because when they were losing too, that when Boston was losing, they were losing bad. And even at the beginning of game. At the beginning of Game Seven, the first half was it was a close game. The Celtics had what a three point lead at halftime because Tatum hit that three before half. But even in that first half, I wasn't very comfortable because it kind of looked like the Seventy Sixers were doing whatever they wanted on offense for a, uh, for a good period of that first and second quarter. The Celtics came out at halftime and shut them down after. But Jalen Brown was kind of right to call out the fans, but I feel like the fans had a reason to not get super hype before that. And then Jason Tatum gave him a reason to get super hype and, and they absolutely brought it. That That's a yeah. huge advantage for Boston. I, I, I don't see uh, Miami getting as loud as TD garden, but I don't know. I, I think Boston is definitely a very hard place to play. Everybody always talks about it. it's. It's pretty much like New York and Boston are always the hardest to play in most sports because they have the harshest and most diehard fans. It's just a fact. Besides like college football, it's pretty yeah. much all Northeast is where you're going to find the hard fans, Philly, New York, Boston, the hot spots. So it's hard to play in Boston. I think it's going to be a lot easier for them to travel to Miami. The Knicks didn't travel well to Miami, but let's hope the Celtics do. It's getting warmer up here, so maybe you know they'll feel the warm weather up here and down there. Not that big of a difference, so they'll feel comfortable. Who knows? I feel confident in the Celtics. It's going to be good. Fuck the Heat. Yeah, I obviously I agree because one of the biggest Celtics fans you'll meet. Um, I will watch every single regular season game. I'm like that big of a fan. But yeah, the Heat. They they they're hot. They're hot right now. They have the dog in them. That's what sets them apart. Jimmy Butler especially has the dog in him. He is. He has enough dog for the whole team. He does. He really does. 
And his energy rubs off on the other players. Obviously, Kyle Lowry is still a solid point guard for them. Bam, still solid. I mean, we'll see if Tyler Hero makes his way back into the series. There is a slight chance I think he might be cleared by game three or game four. But who knows if they'll even risk putting him in and re-injuring that hand. So it'll have to come down to like a game time decision on that. But I'm excited for the Celtics in the Heat series. I think it's going to be a good battle. Obviously, I expect the Celtics to win. I want to say in five or six games, but with this Celtics team, you almost never know. It could go to seven, and if it does, I'm confident in the Celtics because they've been there before many a times, too many times, and they could do it again if needed. And then on the West Coast, the Lakers and the Nuggets. I think this series is going to be so interesting. The first game's tomorrow night, or tonight, I guess, for the listeners. Um, And I think... This series all depends on Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis can play well on both sides of the floor, the Lakers should be able to win because he should have the hard task of guarding Jokic, which everyone knows is not easy because Jokic is one of the most skilled bigs in the league. I mean, his passing, his shooting, like his footwork, he's just he's just a different type of human being when it comes to passing and uh, and shooting and footwork like it's unreal. You like you don't see a big with that that those skills like that. And then if Anthony Davis can stop him, even just a little bit. Obviously, no one's stopping Jokic all the way. But if he can stop him just a little bit and affect the game that way, the offense will come easier to him. And Anthony Davis has been struggling. It's like he'll have like a thirty point game, and then he'll go have like twelve, and then he'll have thirty, and then like ten. So if he can kind of go consistently, now I'm not saying you have to get thirty every night, but Consistently give 20 to 25 points, 12 boards. That will help the Lakers immensely, and I think that might what set them apart. I, I think you are you hit it right on the nose. I think the Lakers will only go as far as Anthony Davis will let them go because any person who – I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a I'm – a, like the I know an insane amount about basketball, but I know quite a bit, and I feel like any – person who knows a lot about basketball and has watched the Lakers and has watched at the NBA generally knows that the Lakers run through Anthony Davis. He is the best player on the team. I, LeBron James, LeBron James, whatever. Yes, he's he's the best career-wise on that team, blah, 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 and probably skill-wise, but their team runs through Anthony Davis. LeBron cannot carry the Lakers to the finals anymore. He can't do it. He needs Anthony Davis to take over games. The Lakers play their best basketball when Anthony Davis scores 35, 40 points and he leads the Lakers in scoring and he leads the Lakers in rebounds. When Anthony Davis is playing Anthony Davis basketball on the court, on defense and on offense, the Lakers will, they'll win every series. Like that, that's what scares me about if they do play the Celtics in the finals, if it comes to that is, is Anthony Davis. It's not LeBron James. I don't think that that teams fear LeBron James the way people think they do. I don't I would not fear LeBron James. I would fear Anthony Davis because that is the guy who is going to make or break the Lakers this series and probably until he's no longer a Laker. Yeah. I think like I was listening to JJ Reddick's podcast this morning and he kind of even pointed out that LeBron kind of takes offensive possessions off now. Like old LeBron a few years ago He's always bringing up the ball. He's always he's touching the ball multiple times each possession. But now LeBron kind of goes in the corner. 
he kind of tells people what to do because he has one of the highest basketball IQs ever. But he's kind of taken plays off because he's getting to that age where he needs to kind of save his energy sometimes. And you can see burst here and there of old LeBron, but he can only do that so many times a game now. And I like I think that you said it perfectly. Anthony Davis is the key factor in this series. LeBron is not the one to be afraid of anymore. I mean, Jason Tatum's never been afraid of LeBron. He dunked on him when LeBron was in Miami and in his prime. Just saying. But, like, Anthony Davis is the one that you have to watch out for because if he gives you 35-40, like you said, that's going to be a good game for the Lakers automatically. And then another player who can actually change the game for the Lakers is D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. I know. He's, he's taking a smaller role, obviously. He's not the big star on the team. But I saw a stat today. If D'Angelo Russell scores 17 or more points, the Lakers are 7-0. and Obviously, that means he hasn't done it that often. But if he can produce and kind of take off some of the pressure off LeBron, off AD, off you know Austin Reeves, because Austin Reeves is we'll get to Filthy. we'll get to him in a second. <laughs> but yeah, if D'Lo can do that, that also is another way the Lakers can take control of this series against the Nuggets. And then Austin Reeves, what a guy! He's what so a good. guy! He's so good, a dude straight from the farm. Giving buckets to Steph Curry and the entire Warriors team, like that's some, that's a guy you want on your team because he's got the heart, the competitiveness, and he can give anyone a bucket on a given night. It, he's incredible, and that's why I think this Lakers team is so scary because they can beat you in so many ways. Like not the whoever they played before the Warriors, I can't fucking remember, but they had like five games the where they had. A, the Grizzlies, they had like five games where they had a different leading score. It was like LeBron, then it was yeah. AD, then it was Rui Hachimura, then Austin Reeves, then D'Lo. They can beat you in so many ways with so many different players, but their team ultimately runs through Anthony Davis. But when you have so many guys that can really go out there and drop 35 on any given night, it makes your team extremely scary. When LeBron James is your number two, it makes your team very scary. When D'Angelo Russell is your number three, your team is very scary. So I think the Lakers are in, in a really good spot because this Nuggets team is a team who historically has not been able to produce come playoff time. And mm-hmm. I think it's something that not a lot of people are talking about right now because they're so high on the Nuggets and what they've been doing. And you can't help but to be high on what they've been doing when you have Nikola Jokic out there dropping fucking triple doubles every single night. And it just looks so easy to him. Like you like you mentioned before, I have never seen a big man with this many passing skills, with this smart this smart of a basketball IQ, with the footwork that he has at like three hundred fucking pounds. It's incredible the way he moves on the basketball court. I just think that's a guy who really knows his role. His role is to go out there and lead the fucking team to victory every single time. The basketball needs to run through Jokic every time. He should always be touching the ball on offense because he doesn't just score. He scores, he passes, he can dribble, he can play the pick and roll, he can make a jump shot, he can play in the post. He can do pretty much everything. Yeah, he probably he doesn't handle the ball like like Anthony Davis or a Carl Anthony Towns, like those kind of centers, and he doesn't shoot the ball like like a Carl Anthony Towns from three. But he can make that three pointer if he really has to. He can make the mid range jumper, and he can step out and be so effective at the top of the key because 
he knows in his mind, like he's so smart that he knows where the cuts are going to, he knows where guys are going to be. And he commands that offense when he's out there. That's why he racks up so many assists. And then on the yeah. offensive and defensive boards, he's just incredible on the, like he'll kill you on the offensive boards if you let him. And if Anthony Davis doesn't box this box, this guy out and get him the fuck out of that paint, he will kill them on the offensive boards. And I think that Jokic is, like it's it's it feels kind of stupid to say that the best player on a team is going to make or break the series, but he really is. If he yeah. if he can command this offense and have guys like you know Kevin Porter Jr. or whatever the fuck it, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, which one is it? Michael. Is it M- Michael. Michael? Yeah, Michael Porter Jr. and um, Jamal Murray playing around him, making shots from deep, and then he's in the post. That's when this team is unstoppable, and that's why they're the best team in the Western Conference this year. Yeah, I mean, Jokic didn't average 9.8 assists this season for nothing. The dude almost averaged a triple-double with about 11 rebounds, 9.8 assists, and about 24 points per game. I mean, he's always he's been in the MVP conversation. He won it a few times already, and he was second or third this year. I think he was second. He ended up being second. A lot but, of people made the argument he should have won. Exactly, 100%. Like, I see the argument for him. Obviously, I see the argument for Joel, and he did win. But what separates Jokic is that when he has it going, his team has it going. Like you, like you said, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., those guys play so well with him. And if Jamal Murray can step up and get 20 to 25 points a game in this series, they should be able to handle the Lakers. And I, know, I think it's kind of funny because we just said this about the Lakers team. If Anthony Davis can get 20 to 25 points, they should be able to take care of the Nuggets. But if Jamal Murray can get 20 to 25 points to help Jokic, the Nuggets should be able to take care of the series. But that's why I think this series is going to be so good. I think it's going to be a battle, and it's honestly going to be who comes, who shows up each night. If it's Anthony Davis showing up, I, I put my money on the Lakers. If it's Jamal Murray showing up, I'd almost put my money on the Nuggets because you know Jokic is going to show up. You know LeBron's going to do his thing. You know It's not the prime LeBron, but he's still going to give you a solid game every single night. I mean, there's really two guys, Jamal Murray and Anthony Davis, that will change the way this series goes, depending on how they play each night. Yeah, I, I think you say you say great right there because it's not it's always it's not always the best player or like or the the pure facilitator that makes the team win games. It's it, it's the guys who can play off those great players that really make or break teams. And that's a, that's why I think we saw the Warriors fall to the fucking Lakers. Klay Thompson had nothing going in that series. Steph Curry can only take you so far. Klay Thompson had yeah. nothing. Jordan Poole had nothing. That's why the Lakers were able to pull away. They got more production from their, you know, three to six. And and that's what makes or breaks teams. And it's it's all sports. Me and Daz talking about it all the time for MLB. Your number six through nine hitters always make or break your team. And it's proving the point in the NBA in the NBA conference championships. It's going to prove the point if Jamal Murray can play well because everyone can play well off of Jokic. He can find you when he'll find you when you're open. And if you're not open, he'll make you open. He'll pick. He'll roll. And then he'll pass again. He's not like he's not a selfish player. That's why he's such a great player to play around. And he makes yeah. you said it great before. He makes the players around him better. They play better when they play through Jokic. And I think on the Lakers side, 
I think you can make the same argument about LeBron. They play better when they play through LeBron. When LeBron doesn't do everything and they just play through LeBron and let people focus on LeBron and he'll just dribble the ball, he'll set picks, he'll pass. When I feel like LeBron sometimes is more effective when he scores 20 to 25 points than when he scores 30 to 35 points because that yeah. means he's facilitating more. He's maybe he's bringing the ball up, but he's he's passing, he's setting screens, and he's using his mind way more than his skills. I think that's when the Lakers are playing a lot better because they can have LeBron facilitate to Anthony Davis, and they can work through him in their offense instead of LeBron. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think, like you said, it's literally players three through six, three through seven. Like even for the Celtics, when Tatum didn't have it going, Marcus Smart, the third option, stepped up. Yep. I mean, Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, the six and seven guys, those guys stepped up. I think that is what makes or breaks a team in the playoffs because these are long series. These games are tiring. The best players can't always be the highest scorer or like the most efficient guys. And they're not expected to always be the most efficient guys because, you know, they're going to take a lot of shots because they are the number one and number two option. But when those role players step up, that's how you win series. I said this when we came on and did the playoff preview. When I came on, I said the Celtics are going to go far because they have one of the deepest benches in the league, and they have guys that can give them 15 points on any given night. And I still think that's true, and I think that's important for every team. Who's going to have the guys that are going to step up? Like Roy Hachimera, or however you say his name. He stepped up for the Lakers in that big game. Lonnie Walker stepped up big for the Lakers in that game against the Warriors in game four, I believe it was. Like, you need other guys besides your top two, top three players to step up big for you. And when that happens, you're going to win series. Couldn't agree with you more. It's about those bench guys. If if your deep bench can give you production, then your team can go far and your team can win it all. Yeah. So, so. – it's it's going to be an interesting conference championship. I mean, uh, predictions, I got S- Celtics in – I honestly think they get it done in five, to be p- completely honest. I, I'm going to say Celtics in five. And crazy enough, I think it's going to be the Nuggets in seven. Yeah, I like those. Honestly, I was going to say, as much as I want it to be Celtics in four, I honestly agree. I think it's going to be five. Um, honestly, it could even be six, but I'm going to go with five because, you know, the Heat are definitely going to steal one. They're not going in there to lose all four games in a row. And then yeah. on the Western Conference side, I agree with you. I think it's going to be the Nuggets. I also think it's going to be in seven because I think the Lakers are going to have some great games against them. They're going to put up great battle. And this is going to go down to the end of game seven. It's not going to be a blowout in game seven. It's going to be a Absolutely. close game to about the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. And we'll see who has the dog in them and who allows players step up when they need it the most. I don't think any game on the Western Conference side will be a blowout. No, I don't think so. I think I think the Celtics could blow out the Heat once or twice. I think any time the Heat beat the Celtics, it will be a really close game that will come down to the wire. Yeah, agreed, 100%. And then if you want to go finals, obviously we both said Celtics and Nuggets. My prediction when I first came on here was Celtics and Suns. Obviously the Nuggets proved me wrong on that one. So this is my second try here. Give me the Celtics. Give me them in six against the Nuggets. I believe the Boston team can do it. I've, I've believed in them all year long. Yep, I, I'm, I'm on your side. I think it's I think it's going to be Celtics Nuggets, and then I I think it's the Celtics in 
I think it'll be six or seven. I think if it's, I think no matter what the finals is, I really, I really think it's going to be the Celtics from the East. But whether it's Nuggets or Lakers, I think the, it's going to go to six or seven games, and it's going to be a great finals. Yeah, a thousand percent. We'll All see right. if the NBA script is right. If it's Celtics Lakers, that would be crazy. <laughs> if it's Celtics Lakers, then I think we can say NBA is rigged. Well, there's a script for every sport, so. That's true. All right. How about we do some picks? Powered by Riverside. All right, so we got some picks for Tuesday, May 16th. Jack, you can give one in place of Daz. I'm going to go first, though. I'm going to go – we talked about NBA all day, but I'm going to switch it back. This is a Major League Baseball podcast. This is a baseball podcast. And because Daz is not here, I'm going to piss him off, and I am going to pick the New York Mets going up against the Tampa Bay Rays tomorrow, 7 o'clock, in Queens – the Mets got Justin Verlander on the mound, and I'm hoping for a great outing from Verlander. I hate the Rays. I really wish them all the worst, and I hope the Mets kick their asses. So I'm going with the Mets. Yeah, that's a. I love that pick, especially to piss off Daz. Um, way to show up, buddy. Have fun with your move. Hope everything goes well, though. Um, I know I'll switch it up. I'm the NBA guy, but screw it. Let's go to the MLB. I know nothing about the MLB. That's just let's just say that before I pick. Give me the Boston Red Sox over the Seattle Mariners. That's just a bad pick, buddy. But go for it. <laughs> yeah, Seattle's minus 145. Boston's the underdogs. I'm Boston everything. Give me the Red Sox. That's it. It's an interesting pick because for those of you out there who are the, the baseball guys, uh, that is going to be Luis Castillo going up against Nick Pavetta for the Red Sox. If anybody knows anything about Nick Pavetta, he this is probably going to be his last start in the rotation because he is really bad. If you think I looked at the pictures before making that pick, you Oh, I know wrong. you I I know you didn't, but I I just just for the listeners so they know. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, Jake. Yeah, um I want to go with hockey, but uh I don't really like anything in the Florida Panthers uh Hurricanes game, so we're going back to old reliable Orioles, Angels, over nine. Orioles overs have hit at an ex- historic rate when I bet on them. So we're going <laughs> a great pick. That is a phenomenal pick. Way to go. You got to go back to your roots sometimes and just, and just get it done. Exactly. Back to the roots. All right. So uh, we do have a text pick in from Daz. Daz's pick is going to be the Astros tomorrow against the Cubs. I am looking for that pitching matchup. That is going to be Christian Javier on the mound for the Houston Astros and Justin Steele on the mound for the Chicago Cubs. Daz has the Astros. That's an interesting pick, but okay. That's Um, wild because Justin Steele's been dominant all year. He actually has been very good recently. Um, I saw his ear, right? That's all. Justice Steele has been very good recently. (laughs) And if anybody is keeping track, um, 
we did not make picks for Sunday Night Baseball last week because we did not have an episode on Friday. We all ended up picking the Boston Red Sox, and they lost 9-1. to God damn it. Uh, so I'm pretty sure Jake is still leading, and Daz still has not won one. One one. He hasn't. <laughs> he hasn't won a pick on Sunday Night Baseball. So I hope that streak goes forever. Oh and seven. Wish him. Oh and seven. That's just so bad. So bad. But I really hope he has to take a five hour train ride or something really funny. So let's do a roulette spin. Jack, you're here, so you can pick a number. We all pick numbers now because if if you didn't if you didn't hear, we we got the the number correct. Um, I'm a diehard listener of the pod. Don't worry, I knew this. Okay, I know. Just making sure you guys got the number when you didn't put any money on it. It's a shame, yeah. but I'm happy you guys got it. You know, it's good good luck for the brand. It My is. number today comes in the form of the Celtics jersey. Give me the good old zero. Wow, Jason Tatum. That's an that's a that's an interesting pick. I don't think anybody has ever picked zero. No, but not even we're going for as, it. As us three, we don't think we picked zero. Yeah, I know. All right, Jake. Uh, I'm going twenty two again. Twenty two. Okay, I'm sticking. I, I so Hank. If anybody listens to PMT out there, Hank did get the lottery ball right on PMT, and I think in honor of Hank, I'm gonna go with six because that's the number he got it right on. I like it. So we're going zero six and twenty two. I have a feeling today's going to be a good day. Daz isn't here. Maybe get some luck in the building. Here we go. Come on, baby, give me zero. Has been placed. One of them. It has been placed. Here we go, baby. Here we go. Three, two, one. Spinning. We're spinning. Spinning. Come on, come on. You know you want to land on zero. Come on. Six. Oh. 28. Oh, my God. That was right was... next to zero. That was right next to zero. 28's my birthday. I almost picked that. Oh, fuck. So well, another day, another loss. But it's okay because we are we're keeping it positive. It doesn't matter. We we got it we uh, we got it once and that's what I really was sad about. So if we don't get it for a long time, I'm okay with it. Well, we'll get there. Yeah, well, statistically, we should get we should get it. <laughs> All right. So I hope everybody enjoyed that little uh, different podcast. You know, a little bit of NBA section. We will be back to our regular scheduled programming on Friday. Me, Daz, and Jake will be back talking MLB, talking baseball. We got a lot to talk about, missing two weeks. So we will see you guys on Friday. Thanks for hanging out. Jack, anything to say before you go? Uh, Thanks for having me on, fellas. I love being on the pod. I do expect to be back on before the actual NBA Finals to kind of give a quick preview to that. And then, of course, after the NBA Finals to celebrate the Boston Celtics winning. But until then, I wish you guys all the best, and I will talk to you both soon. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Thanks for seeing. Thanks for hanging out, guys. We will see you on Friday. Love you guys.